0: Rigid Pacific Northwest, right to your earbuds. Yeah, we've actually had some inclement weather here recently. Lots of snow and ice, which is exciting if you enjoy action. Action that involves slipping and sliding all over the road and your brakes locking up. That's always fun. Life does have an interesting way of mixing things up, doesn't it? Well, all that aside, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Tarkan, of course, Manifestation Lab. And I want to touch on a topic today that probably will require more than one podcast episode down the road. I mean, there are so many things to talk about uh, this topic of wealth creation, um, which, uh, well, it's an important one to understand. Let's talk about it that way. And I think it's an important one to understand, not just in terms of creating wealth, of course, manifesting wealth and money and all that, but really manifesting anything, right? And, and I always say this across the board, whether I talk about manifesting an ex or a specific person or good health or or money. That all the principles are the same, right? And one of the major principles, of course, is that it all comes down to what you have going on internally, inside. It has to do with your internal space, state of mind, state of being and the same is true for this concept of wealth consciousness. Because, of course, the, as the name implies, consciousness, it has to do with your consciousness, right? It has to do with you being wealthy on the inside before you are wealthy on the outside. Now, I want to say this, a little caveat, because you could have a million dollars in the bank right now and still be poor. You could have three dollars to your name and be wealthy. Wealth really has nothing to do with what you've accumulated, the currency available to you. Because I want to say that your biggest currency in life is your state of being, is your internal space, right? You you could be a billionaire and have a poverty mindset. You could be poor as a church mouse and have a wealth mindset, you understand? So... It really doesn't matter in terms of what do I have in the bank? What do I have in terms of assets? What do I have in terms of currency, money, etc. It all comes down to what do you have going on inside of yourself, right? And so I'm going to touch on a few principles right now that I think are important to understand uh, and to get across to help you create a wealth consciousness, no matter what your current financial state is. Because this, like I said, this could benefit uh, those of you out there who do have money right because you again it comes down to how do you feel right it always comes down to how do you feel that's what i mean by your internal state of being how do you feel about the money that you have you know, i could win the lottery today but if i have a poverty consciousness that money will be gone in no time at all and that happens all the time, right? If I have all the money in the world, but I still worry about money, I still worry about losing it, then I have a poverty mindset. If I have $3 to my name, but I'm able to be happy and I'm able to feel fulfilled, I'm able to feel wealthy on the inside, then I am a wealthy person and more money will follow and the money that follows will stay with me longer. I will make wiser decisions, investment decisions. Right. Uh, I will meet the right people at the right time who give me the next piece of the puzzle, who offer me guidance and advice that is good and sound. Right. This this is this is a, a fundamental difference. Right. What we're talking about between wealth and poverty, because that's in society, in the media, that's what we usually talk about. Wealth and poverty. Well, wealthy means you have money. Poverty means you have no money. No, no, that's not really what it is. It has to do with your consciousness. It has to do with your understanding of it um, and, and how you look at the world in general, right? Because, because if you have a poverty mindset and you have all that money in the bank, chances are you're poor in other areas of your life as well because the poverty mindset, it permeates all these other areas of your, of your life, your love life, your health, all of that stuff, your happiness, the same with the wealth consciousness, right? It permeates all these areas of your life. Be able to sit down no matter what your financial situation is and really find appreciation for all the things in your life, all the people in your life, then you are wealthy and you will have more of those things. So that's what I want to talk about in this podcast episode. I'm going to touch just a little bit on just a few of these principles that involve wealth consciousness. But before I do that, if you are listening to this podcast on YouTube right now, Um, then please hit subscribe, hit the bell notification thingy, uh, hit like on this video, share it with anybody you think might benefit from it. Uh, If you're listening on any other platform, then please subscribe or follow or whatever the options are on your particular platform, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, etc., etc., Uh, So there's a nice thing about these podcast episodes, of course, I get to distribute them across different platforms, not just YouTube, uh, which can be a little bit limiting sometimes as far as the videos are concerned. But so please just take a moment to do that right now. I would very much appreciate it. One of the most fundamental principles of manifesting involves the idea that we are living in a field of infinite possibilities. Now, this is an important concept, because what does this really mean? I mean, this goes into the area of quantum... quantum shifting and all that a little bit. But really, what it comes down to is that everything that you can imagine is already done. If you can imagine it, it exists somewhere in this field of infinite possibilities. That every outcome, every possible outcome is already complete every situation is already complete so and so that applies of course to the situation of you being wealthy right of you having everything that you want of you having the perfect outcomes to all the things that you desire all the circumstances and situations and areas of your life the perfect situation which is perfect in your mind but really every possibility every possible outcome is already there and it really just requires a shift in your awareness in your consciousness to get you to see a certain outcome, to perceive of a certain outcome. So it's not really that you're creating an outcome, right? You're not creating something out of thin air because all of creation is already complete, right? There's a reality out there where you are wealthy. But what does that really mean, right? Like I said already, like we touched on already, wealth involves consciousness and awareness, a wealth consciousness. So it requires you to really go inside and begin to foster the feeling of being wealthy, all right? This is a very basic thing, and I've said this many times in my videos, etc., and you're going to keep hearing it because this is this is how things work, all right? You must begin with what you have. You must begin with appreciating what you have, because if you focus on what you don't have, of course, that is poverty consciousness. It's really as simple as that. It's it's not complicated at all. All right. But of course our brain wants to make it complicated. But what about this Tarkon? What about that Tarkon? I want you to put all of that aside, and this is where meditating helps, right? It's to quiet that damned nut, that walnut in our skull, that monkey mind, that monkey brain that wants to control every situation, every outcome, wants to predict things so you can feel better about itself, and also is trying to keep you from changing because it's not mean. It doesn't want you to fail. It's afraid for you. This is your animalistic, biological, three D world survival instinct kicking in, right? It doesn't. It thinks change brings danger. Change is unpredictable. Therefore, it tries to get you to stay the same because that's your comfort zone, right? Um, it's. It thinks it's looking out for you, and this is why we must move beyond the mind as being a mechanism of creation. It's not a mechanism of creation. It's a filter to be able to perceive things. But it's how you feel on the inside, of course, how you look at things, how you choose to look at yourself and the world and life. The thoughts that you adopt about these things, the thoughts that you practice about these things, become your belief system over time, the more you practice them. So you begin by identifying, what are my limiting beliefs right now around this topic? In this case, the topic of wealth, right? Notice I didn't say money. Again, wealth doesn't necessarily involve money, all right? But we can make it money if you like, okay? But really what it comes down to is the understanding of, hey, I am abundant. That's another great word, abundance, all right? I am abundant right now. And again, if I have a million dollars in the bank or if I have $3 in the bank, find the ways in which you are abundant now, and they do exist. But it requires practicing a new way of looking at things. That can take a little time. Right? That's where some people get frustrated because they want it now, now, now. But if you look at your life, if you sit down and just take a few moments and just think of one or two or three things, simple, one or two or three things that are going well for you right now that 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 plug into this idea of you being wealthy, of you being abundant, you won't find just one or two or three things. Once you get going, you'll find a whole bunch of things. If you sit down and make a list of these things, You'll think of one thing. You might struggle to think of one thing. But the, the second thing you think of will come a little easier. The third thing you think of will come easier than that. And the fourth and fifth and sixth. And before you know it, you're making a whole list. You're filling pages of things that are going well for you. Pages of things that currently exist in your physical reality, in your life. That demonstrate that you are abundant. That you are wealthy. Okay. It could be as simple. If you have $3, you can afford a cup of coffee. <laughs> alright um, this, is, this is a fundamental shift that needs to happen inside from poverty consciousness to wealth consciousness understanding this principle that we live in a field of infinite possibilities and that means infinite that means every outcome, possible outcome that you can conceive is available to you but you must shift your awareness to be able to perceive of it I've said this many times before, and this was a popular topic when I touched on it, uh, the quarter experiment. <laughs> you take a coin, whatever coin of the realm, wherever, whatever realm you exist in currently, whatever country. Uh, in the case of the United States, there's a quarter, a quarter of a dollar, a 25-cent piece. Is very common to every American, right? You use it to feed your laundry machine and, and parking meters and whatnot. Everybody knows what a quarter looks like, what a quarter feels like, the relative weight of a quarter in your hand. If you can just take a couple minutes every day for about a week, just imagine you're holding a quarter, not actually holding one, but just imagine, you use your imagination to just imagine you're holding a quarter in your hand and you're playing with it and you're feeling it and you're feeling the weight of it, the shape of it. Before you know it, you're going to be walking around finding quarters everywhere. People will hand you quarters. You'll find quarters just walking down the street. I've done this. And, and many people who, when I've spoken on this topic before, have gotten back to me and said, my God, Tarkan, this is amazing. You know how many quarters I found this week? But see, this is such a simple way of understanding this, this concept, this principle, right? Infinite field, field of infinite possibilities. Did you create the quarters out of thin air? The quarters were all, always there already. But if you're not aware of them, if you haven't practiced your awareness of them, you're not going to find them. You're not going to see them. You're not even looking for them. Okay? You're not even thinking about them. But as you practice this idea, as you practice visualizing, holding the quarters, playing with the quarters every day for just a couple of minutes. And then you go on and you don't look for quarters. You don't think, oh, how many quarters I'm going to find today. You just forget about it. You go about your business and boom, they show up. But they don't just show up out of thin air. They they were always there. You've just now tuned your frequency to the frequency of the quarters of the 25 cent pieces. And so it is with anything that you create. Every possible outcome you can imagine is already out there, but you must shift your internal dialogue, your, your, your awareness to being aware of it, right? We've compared this to having a radio receiver, right? You're the receiver. Well, if you're if you're listening to one station, you can't be tuned into the other station. You want to listen to the other station, you must tune your tuner, your receiver, to be able to perceive of it. And that's really a great way of demonstrating how this works. Yeah, you know? so that's why we say things like visualizing and all that. It helps in that way. It doesn't create the situation for you because the situation again is already created, but it helps you tune your receiver to that frequency. And the more you do it, the more consistently you do it, the more you are able to receive the signal that is coming from that station. It's always out there. You just kind of have to catch it, so to speak. So understanding first and foremost, very fundamental principle is that we live in a field of infinite possibility. So once you're able to accept that idea, things become a lot easier, don't they? And they become less scary and less daunting in terms of, how am I going to get this? How am I going to get my hands on all this money? How am I going to get my hands on the thing that I want? Well, you simply have to shift your awareness. And that's all it is. Because that outcome is already available to you. Find its frequency. Shift your awareness to it. And you'll see more and more evidence of it in your physical reality. Here's another great principle of wealth creation, money creation and this one this one really comes down to maybe this is for all you budding entrepreneurs out there, but really it's it's even for people who aren't entrepreneurs, even if you are selling your time to an employer somewhere and you have a sort of hourly job, understanding what it is that you have to offer right what being of service. Now I don't mean this in terms of go and you know <laughs> wash someone's feet or or do something uh, uh, be somebody's servant. That's not what we're talking about here. Being of service it plugs into the the idea and the law of demand and supply, right? This is what all commerce and trade is really based on. But this is what all life is based on. This this isn't just about money exchange, right? This is about exchange of value. Value is really the principle here that, 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 we, that we want to wrap our heads around, right? So what is supply and demand? You ask yourself questions like, how may I serve? How can I help? Or more specifically, what problem am I able to solve for other people? Because really, when you think about it, you know, let's, let's talk about business, right? Let's talk about offering a service for business. Let's talk about being an entrepreneur. What, what do entrepreneurs really do? they solve a problem for somebody, right? There are three things that people will pay for. People will pay for things, objects, goods, okay? People will pay for services, right? You, you need your toilet fixed, you call a plumber, right? You call an electrician when you need to your electricity fixed. <laughs> okay, these are services that people offer. The third thing that people pay for is information. And of course, this day and age, that's that's, that has become much more important than it probably used to be, right? Because you have people like myself, coaches and teachers and guides and gurus and, and people like that, right? This is a really, really burgeoning and ever expanding industry. But all three of these things come down to one fundamental idea. How am I serving? What problem am I solving for other people? And this is the same question that you can ask yourself in terms of, in relation to your employer Your boss, or the company you work for, or whatever entity you might work for. What am I doing for them? What is my value to them? What am I able to do for them? What problem am I able to solve for them? What questions am I able to answer for them? Right? Because when you focus on that, rather than how much money can I get out of this situation, right? Um, When you focus on that, what you're really looking at is how can I be of service? how can I do the best that I can in terms of being of service or helping people solve this particular problem, some question they have in their head, some problem they have. If I have the tools and the skills to do help them do that, the money follows, the wealth follows because it's, it's an exchange of value. And, and really, money is energy. Everything is energy, right? So it's really just, money is just another form in which the universe stores energy. So you're exchanging one form of energy for another form of energy. That's all it is. That's all commerce really boils down to. This is important to understand. Because in whatever you're doing right now to earn your money, first and foremost, you're giving of yourself. And you're receiving energy in return in the form of money. So if you can... If you can put aside that middleman of the money, right? I must earn money. How can I serve? How can I be of value? What answers can I answer for? What questions can I answer for people? What problem am I able to solve for people, for my employer or for my clients or customers or viewers or whatever it is that you're involved in or want to be involved in? If you begin with that fundamental question, the answer will follow. And as you focus on just being of service to people, the money follows. The thank you, the value in, 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 in terms of energy, the exchange that incurs in terms of energy will come to you in the form of more abundance and part of that will be money. It will be many other things too, but it will fundamentally be money, right? Um, so understanding that principle alone can really help clear the clutter out of your head, okay? Because think about, think about everything that you pay for every day. Think about paying your electric bill. Well, what are you getting in exchange for that? You're getting energy in the form of electricity so you can live your life. You can operate uh, all your devices. You can listen to this podcast, right? You're paying rent to your landlord. Well, it's an exchange of value. Your landlord is helping you solve the problem of where do I sleep? Where do I store all my things? Where do I live and eat and listen to Tarkon's podcast? in my apartment, in my house, right? So your landlord is offering you something of value and you are offering value in exchange in the form of money, stored energy. It's just an exchange of energy. That's all it is, right? So begin with that question, not how can I earn more money, but how can I be of service to people? What am I able to offer people? What problem am I able to solve for people? And once you are able to answer that question and then you do that, suddenly you'll find that money issue, quote unquote, problem being solved automatically. Now, my partner, she has a business as a landscape designer. So what she does is she goes to people's houses when they want to redesign their backyard or just Don't know what to do with it. It's a mess. It's overgrown with weeds. Uh, She's able to go to their house and look at the situation and look at the landscape that they're on and come up with a plan for them, right? She's taking that problem out of their hands so they don't have to worry about it, right? Maybe they're selling their home and they want to make things look pretty for the potential buyers. She's able to go in there and say, okay, here's how we're going to do it, right? Maybe some of her clients say, well, I want. Less, f- fewer weeds, I don't know what to grow in my backyard. I want uh, more local local fauna, local plants, which is something she specializes in. She's able to identify what needs to be done, what plants would work best with others, what plants would work best with the, the wildlife, uh, the bees and insects in people's yards. She's taking that burden off of their minds. Right? And what do they give her in exchange? Of course, they pay her for her services. But she's able to solve that problem for them. Because she has those skills. And she focused on those skills to develop those skills. Become better and better at them. And she still does. Right, She's still learning more and more all the time. So she's able to go to people's homes and, and do this thing for them. Provide this service. To be of service to them in some way. And of course, she is compensated by them. In the form of this value exchange. Money right this is i mean this is really what business people entrepreneurs do fundamentally and whoever you're working for out there is doing that as well whatever company or if it's a some public entity this is what they're engaged in right this is the fundamental principle of commerce and exchange and trade so i'm able to provide you with something that i know about that you that would be difficult for you to do yourself time-consuming, energy-consuming. You've got other things to focus on. Now you can focus on the thing that you want to focus on, your skill set, because you can pay somebody like her to take care of this problem for you. By the way, if you do live in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, shameless plug for the girlfriend, ElementalRomanticism.com is her website, so you can check that out. If you are requiring of her services here in the local area. But those are very important principles to understand, right? First and foremost, how am I able to be of service to people? Secondly, money is nothing but energy. It's just energy that's stored, right? Energy is stored in all kinds of things. It's stored in food, right? It's stored in objects, everything around you. In your physical reality. Everything in the universe is just energy. And it's just energy appearing in various different forms or another. That's all it is. So once you're able... That's another real important thing to understand. If you can wrap your mind around that. Again, it simplifies this whole issue of wealth. And money. And value. If you're able to look at everything as energy. Money is just being one form the universe uses to store energy. And, of course, that we use to store energy. Then the whole concept, the whole idea of it becomes so much more simple in your mind. And all that other clutter goes out the door. Because energy, you can't ever destroy it, right? It's, you can just, it can just move from one form to the other. So then the whole idea of, well, how am I going to get a pile of money? How am I going to pay for this? It becomes a question of, oh... This is just an energy exchange. That's all it is. And energy is always available to me. And money is just one form of energy. That's it. Now, here is another very important principle of wealth creation, wealth consciousness. And it is the idea that money is good. It is the pure appreciation of money. Now think about the things that you've been taught about money and wealth and people who have wealth probably your whole life. If you grew up in the West, certainly there is a kind of organized demonization of money and wealth, right? You hear people say things like, well, more money, more problems. Right. Uh, there's a finite amount of money in the world. So if you have a lot of it, you're taking it away from somebody else. This is something I heard somebody say to me the other day. And <laughs> we kind of got into it a little bit because, uh, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. First of all. And I, I asked this person to you know, look up how much money there is in the world. If there's a finite amount of money in the world, how much is there in the world? And of course they couldn't find an answer. Um, it is, it's, it's not difficult to see if you're really paying attention how this kind of mindset ties into living a life of lack, living a life of always being frustrated about money. And you might even get a bunch of money through some means. Maybe you win a little bit in the lottery, maybe a scratch off ticket. Maybe if somebody leaves you a little money, something happens, but it just goes right through your fingers again. You can't seem to hold on to it. It's like that slippery soap or whatever it is, right? Well, that's because somewhere buried deep down inside in your subconscious is a negative belief about money, right? Money is evil. Money is the root of all evil. People always quote that. Uh, I think it's in the Bible. But really, I think what it really says is that it is the attachment to money that is the root of all evil. Now, what does that mean? What does attachment imply? Attachment to something or to an outcome, of course, implies... Resistance, in our terminology when we talk about manifesting, that is resistance in essence, is is needing, being desperate for a certain outcome. Now why is that resistance and why does that keep things like money and all the things that we want uh, seemingly away from us? Well, it's very simple because if you have an attachment to an outcome, where is your focus? Where is your primary focus? Is it on this outcome is guaranteed is assured for me is it on i already have the thing that i want most am already living it i'm already that person who's living that no attachment indicates that your mindset is on the lack of that which you want obsession over the outcome attachment to the outcome indicates that what you're thinking about most of the time is how that thing is not here. It's not here. It's not here. It's not here. here. I must go get it. I must go get it. I must think about it. I must do this. I must do that. I must ask Tarkon the same questions over and over again. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I love your questions. But I can see in some of your questions, I can see the desperation. I can see the attachment to the outcome. I can see where your focus is and it's not because i'm some kind of uh, guru or or all seeing something or other no it's simply because i have the perspective of not being emotionally wrapped up in in your deepest desire the way that you do so i can look at it uh, more objectively i can look at it and say oh i see what's going on here with this person i can see your wording the way you phrase the question i can see that there's an attachment there and it and a person who is has practiced feeling the way that they would if they had what they wanted, isn't going to be attached to the outcome. They're going to be relaxed. What are they going to do? What would you do if you had all the money in the world? Would you be worrying about having all the money in the world? Of course not. You'd be out there living your life. You'd be spending it. You'd be uh, doing charitable things or you'd just be living your life with your family or going traveling or just enjoying yourself, right? So, you see, in this principle, you have to begin to make money your friend. You have to understand the good that it does for you in your life. If you think of money as a person, right? And if this is a person that's standing in front of you, and all you ever say to this person is things like, you are the root of all evil. The more you are in my life, the more problems I have. Uh, The more of you I have in my life, the more people want to take you away from me, right? Right? Um, you know, uh, there's only so much of you to go around, so you shouldn't be in my life as, as often as you are, you know, go talk to everybody else as well, right? There's only so much of you, you're limited, uh, you being problems, you're evil, right? Would that person want to be around you? <laughs> Would you want to be around somebody that speaks to you like that or thinks about you like that? Of course not who are you going to go to gravitate towards you're going to gravitate towards the person that says hey you're you're wonderful you really helped my life you helped me to help others you help enrich my experience you may not solve all of my problems but that's okay i certainly have a lot fewer of them with you around i love you you're my friend i like having you around and 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 the richness and the opportunities and the joy that you are able to give is so abundant that for me to, to revel in it is not taking away from anybody else from anybody else's opportunity to revel in it. You see, that's the kind of person that money, if money were a person, is going to gravitate towards you see. So this is how you kind of have to start to think about it, right It's the appreciation of money just as if you are somebody who comes to my channel and podcast because you're interested in attracting a specific person. It's the same principle. Right. If, if you want this person to be in your life, to be your lover, what do you think speaking ill of them and thinking ill of them is going to accomplish? Is that going to make them want to be in your life and want to be around you, want to be your lover, your partner? No, of course not. You have to send out love to receive love. And you want love from money. You're going to have to give love to money. That's just the way it is because you're establishing a relationship. And if your relationship with money has been dysfunctional, Well, that comes down to your beliefs about it. It comes down to your lack of appreciation for it, right? So begin to formulate a new way of looking at money. Begin to build a new relationship with money and with the idea of having money. And watch how much more easily it will flow when you do that. Now, another important principle of wealth creation, knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? There's a good belief. There's a good belief that we've been taught. They aren't all bad, the things we've been taught our whole lives by society and our parents and school and whatever. Knowledge is power. It's true. And so it is with money, right? If, something, if you're scared of money, a lot of people are. It's because you don't understand it, right? You don't understand how it works. That's scary. The things that scare us in life are things that we don't understand. But the moment we look at them, right, if you look at fear, what you fear, the thing diminishes, the fear diminishes, and the thing that you feared so far uh, far becomes manageable to you. And the same goes for money. You think that the wealthiest people in the world, of course, they're constantly reading. They're doing this. They're reading about how money works, how markets work, how investing works, etc., etc., etc. I think you know we do our children in our society a disservice. We just don't have this in our school systems. At least when I was going to school, this was not a thing. Nobody taught me how to balance a checkbook or how to pay taxes, how to do all these things, how to invest my money. Uh, you know, I think it should be part of every curriculum. I think it would go a long way to helping alleviate a lot of the money issues that we that seem to exist in society. But okay, didn't happen that way, but you have the opportunity to do it differently. You're an adult and you have options and you live in a free society and you have the opportunity to go out there and to educate yourself. There are an infinite number of books and blogs and videos and podcasts out there on this subject. Read the uh, financial uh, publications, uh, read about the wealthiest people in the world and most successful people in the world, how they manage their, not just their money, but their attitudes, their daily lives. What do they read? Right. This is interesting. And there are many blogs, I believe, out there and, and, and websites that have lists of things that wealthy people read. Get into that. All right. Get into that. Look for that information. Learn as much as you can. Become a student of money. Learn how it works, how it operates, how these financial institutions operate, how investing works, how the stock market works, how all just basic principles of budgeting and all that works. Just money. Just look at how, you know, how investors do it. Read as much about it as you can. Soak up as much about it as you can. Listen to as much about it as you can. And before you know it, this will be a thing that you will have conquered. Right. The knowledge. Yes, it gives you power personal power right but the knowledge also helps alleviate anxiety and fear right because the more you understand something the less afraid of it you are the more in control of it you are the more you realize this thing is here for my benefit i have control over it not the other way around don't make money your master become its master and again things will become much easier for you Now, here's another one for you. Living luxuriously. You have the ability to live luxuriously. Now, you might say to me, Tarkhan, I don't, you clown. I'm listening to this podcast because I don't have the money to live luxuriously. What are you talking about? You have the ability to live luxuriously even without having a lot of money. It's always available to you. You know what? If you've got three bucks... Go to the supermarket or the store. You can get yourself one of those little chocolates, little round ones with the hazelnuts. I think they're Italian. Right? And have a luxurious experience right there on the spot. Pop that thing in your mouth. Let it melt on your tongue. Feel the velvety goodness of that luxurious chocolate. Draw yourself a bath. Put some bath salts in there. Light some candles. Put some soothing music on. Pour yourself a little glass of wine and relax. Take a day off every now and then. Live luxuriously. You can get creative with this. You don't need a lot of money to conjure the feeling of luxury. Of having an abundant, rich, luxurious life because you do have it. But again, this goes back to the quarter thing. You have to put yourself on the frequency of it. And this is a great way to practice. The frequency of abundance is to do luxurious things. They're always available to you. Now, some teachers and coaches might even go so far as to say, you know what? Go to a luxury car dealership. Just walk around. You can pretend that you have the money to afford one of those luxury cars. Now, you're going to have a salesperson talk to you. That's fine. Maybe you can even go on a test drive. It doesn't mean you have to buy the thing. (laughs) You can say, well, thank you for your time. I'm going to think about it. Go to the next luxurious car dealership and do it again. Go to places where people with money hang out. Go to a luxury hotel and just sit in the lobby for a little while. Buy yourself a little cup of coffee if they have a coffee shop or whatever it is. And just watch people. And just practice the feeling of abundance and luxury. Practice yourself into the mindset of being one of those people. Because there is a version of you out there in that infinite field of possibilities. There's a reality where you are abundant and rich. In a monetary sense, so you have a lot of money and you're living that kind of lifestyle, but you got to practice that now. So getting into the mindset of 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 abundance really involves a lot of times you now some might call this fake it till you make it. Sure, if that's what you want to call it, okay, really, it comes down to doing whatever you can, whatever is available to you, to practice yourself into the feeling of abundance and and doing something every day for yourself that feels luxurious to you is a wonderful way to do that is a wonderful way to practice the mindset of abundance and to and to get into the role of the person that you want to be because it's not just that you want to have a lot of money you want to be the person who has a lot of money so be that person now because you can be that person without having the money this is what manifesting is about and this is what is what confounds people about it because again you know we're so used to just looking at external reality as being the the final cut so to speak right the final cut of the film that that it's only when i have this input from my external reality can i then feel The way I want to feel. Only when I have money can I feel like I have money. No. You have to feel that way now. And so this is one of those methods, one of those ways that you can, many ways that you can practice being the person that you want to be. Being the person who has money. And then the money will flow to you. You'll be like a magnet for it. It has no choice. Now here's a biggie. Okay. And you've heard me say this before. I'm pretty sure and it has to do with the importance of receiving. Now, if you're a student of Abraham Hicks as well, you hear them say this a lot, being in the receptive mode, being in the receiving mode, right? But receiving, okay, we, we talk about giving. Giving is important as well for wealth creation. and Giving is very important. Some people call it tithing or you can give a dollar to some charity. You know, giving is extremely important, but receiving is equally as important as giving. And oftentimes we have... Uh, some hang-ups about receiving. Somebody pays us a compliment. We get embarrassed, right? We think we don't deserve that compliment. We don't know how to react to that. Because we're also, we haven't practiced receiving. So we become uncomfortable. How do I respond to a compliment? Because think about it, a compliment is, is a gift that somebody's giving you, right? And if you're sitting there going, I don't know how to, re- I, I don't want this gift. Imagine if it's Christmas or or or, or your birthday or 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 whatever it is, and somebody gives you a present, and you go, you know what? I don't, I don't deserve this. Here, take it back. <laughs> How do you think that's going to make them feel, right? Uh, are they going to try to give you things again in the future, right? Uh, the same goes for money. Again, if money were a person, right, or if something, the universe is trying to give you money, and you just kind of go, ugh. Either I'm not deserving of it, or that's not enough. That's another aspect of of. A difficulty challenge that people find with receiving, right? This goes down to finding pennies on the street. I pick up every single coin that I find on the on the sidewalk anywhere. Usually they're pennies, sometimes they're nickels and dimes. Well, often they're pennies, and I know I look like Scrooge McDuck when I'm walking out of a store and I bend. Oh, a penny! And I bend down, and I hold it in my hand, and I just say a little thank you, right? A little, little some kind of utterance of appreciation, and I put it in my pocket. Well, that's my penny now, (laughs) right? But most people, you know, I tell people this and they roll their eyes or they go, "Uh, really, a penny, Yeah, that's great. Call me when you find a $100 bill, right? But here's the thing, it's money, a penny is money. (laughs) A penny is money, and even a penny is the universe trying to give you something. And so if you're just going, eh, not enough, you know, it's kind of, you don't want to give things to people who, who who behave that way, right? But if someone goes, wow, thank you for this penny. Thank you for this little something that you gave me. That's so thoughtful, right? They see what's the intent behind that. And they're able to receive that with appreciation and with gratitude. You're going to want to give them more. The universe will want to give you more. If you're rejecting everything, that's not enough or I'm not good enough to receive this thing, this compliment, whatever it is, well, you're not going to be receiving a lot because not a lot is going to be given to you. So you need to practice that, being in the receptive mode, but also being a receiver of the good things, being a receiver of anything in your life. Really try this. You're going to find pennies. You're going to find things like this. Pick them up every time. Put them in your pocket. I have a special drawer, uh, jar at home. It's an old ice cream jar because I was having a luxurious moment of eating a pint of ice cream one day. And it was one of those ones uh, <clears> that comes in the plastic thing. And I washed it out. And I decided this is going I'm, I am now making you my receiving jar. This is where all the pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters that I find around the street, they go in there. It's my little abundance jar. I put it in a little on a little shelf in a little special place in my house, and I look at it, and I add to it, and I don't care about it getting full or what I'm going to do with it when it gets full. Uh, I just keep putting those things in there, and every time I look at it, I feel a little bit of a little bit of appreciation and gratitude, and I think I was able to receive all of those coins in this jar. Look at. Look at how abundant I am. Look at how much is given to me all the time. And there are times I find pennies every day. Sometimes two or three different ones in different locations. I pick each one of them up. I don't even care if they're dirty. I don't care. Put in my pocket. I go home. I put them in my little abundance jar. That's where they live now. You see, so, so practicing that is another way to practice an abundance mindset. It's another way to be an abundant person. Okay? Is to, is to really learn to look at all the richness in this universe in all the myriad ways, no matter how seemingly big or small that the universe is trying to express its love for you. And everything that you receive, be it a compliment, be it money, whatever it is, is an expression of the universe's love for you. So don't reject that love. Embrace that love, say thank you, and return that love by receiving that which the universe is trying to give to you, because that brings joy to the universe, to see you living it up, to see you being abundant, to see you receiving the goodness that is always trying to reach you. That's what this is about. That's what wealth consciousness really is. See, we're not just talking about money here, folks, right? Otherwise, this would be wealth creation. No, it's about wealth consciousness. Adopting a brand new mindset of abundance. And so receiving, just like giving, both are two sides of the same coin, no pun intended. Equally important in terms of how they represent abundance. Right? Because you give because you are abundant and you receive because you are abundant. It's the same principle. And both need to occur. Both need to be prominent in your life. You need to engage in both things. Not just giving and not receiving. Not just receiving and not giving. But both at the same time. You have to strike a balance. But both are equally as important. So don't be afraid to receive everything that is trying to make its way to you. And you find that penny, you collect those things, and you learn to receive them. And guess what? More of those things will come to you and in larger amounts. You'll see. Now, here's another very important principle of wealth consciousness, and that is spending money. Don't be afraid to spend money. Now, I'm not saying that if you have your last penny, you should spend your last penny on something frivolous. All right, your last dollar, your last 10 bucks, whatever it is. I'm not saying spend all your money so that, you know, you just stand there without money when it's time to pay the rent. I'm saying that when you spend money, and it's inevitable that you will, you're going to have to pay your bills and all these kinds of things, right? There's, there's a mindset that you can adopt where you understand that this is an exchange of energy, right? Because I'm paying my electric bill. Well, but see, most people will sit down and pay their electric bill And become afraid anxious about it or angry God look how high it is these people are fleecing me but if you start to turn that around and adopt a different way of looking at it you will see that I'm exchanging energy for energy literally electricity the power that powers your life every day is energy and we say everything in the universe is energy everything in life is energy every object is energy so is money So you're exchanging one form of energy for another form of energy, you see? It's an exchange. So if you start looking at it when it's time for you to sit down and pay your rent or pay your electric bill or whatever it is, that you're receiving something for that. Right? A service. So it's an exchange of energy. Because money needs to flow. It's like blood. It needs to flow. Otherwise it stagnates. All right. Just like water needs to flow to stay clean and fresh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to go in the woods and drink the water that's been, you know, that's brackish, that's been sitting there in some puddle or something, right? That's not going to be good for you. Money needs to flow, okay? And I want to tell you this like I said, I'm not saying spend your last dime, your last dollar or whatever, right? Uh, just to, for, to, to live up to this principle of, of spending that I'm talking about, you're spending money when you put some of it in a savings account. That's also spending money, you see, right? Because you're, you're going to put it in there into this other place where you're not going to touch it. And if you have a good one, a good uh, bank that you're doing that with, you're going to get some interest on that money. Now you're putting money, you're spending money to make money see this is this is another thing this is another mindset that you can adopt about money every single one of your little dollars or euros or whatever currency you're using out there is like your little employee it can make you more employees it can make you more dollars so you know people go well tarkan i should spend money i shouldn't save my money no but saving your money is spending your money it's actually spending your money on more money you see So look at it that way, all right? Money cannot, people who hoard are hoarding because they're afraid of losing something, you see. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying, leave padding in your bank account. Uh, You know, I'm not saying spend all of your money, but I'm saying you need to start adopting a different mindset, a different attitude about spending, And not seeing it as a loss, not seeing it as, oh, I'm spending money and therefore it's now going away from It's like I'm throwing it away. No, first of all, if you're spending money for a service or a good, of course you're exchanging it for something else. That's all it is, right? Wealthy people buy a piece of art and you call that an asset, right? You call that locking their money into this asset, this object, if it's a sculpture or a painting or whatever it is, right? And then you talk about, well, I'm going to liquidate that asset, which means I'm going to sell it, turn it around, exchange it again for cash. It's always just an exchange. That's all it is. You're not getting rid of your money when you're spending it. You're just exchanging it for something else. Now, that is a very important new way to begin to look at things. Because trust me, that is how wealthy people are looking at things. They're not, they're not going, oh, no, I just spent billions of dollars on this thing. Now I don't have the billions of dollars. No, they have that thing. You see, it's an exchange. And you need to start thinking the way that they start thinking of things if you want to be a wealthy person, right? So spending money is just exchanging money or just exchanging energy from one form, converting it from one form into another. That's all it that really is. So spend your money with a new attitude. All right, everybody. That's it for today. I don't want to overwhelm you. But uh, this is definitely a topic that we can get into some much deeper. We'll probably require a part two at some point. And if that's something that you're interested in, well, then stay tuned to Manifestation Lab podcast right here, and the YouTube channel, Manifestation Lab on YouTube, uh, where you can watch videos, you can see my face, my pretty, pretty face, and uh, when you do head over there, please don't forget to hit subscribe, and uh, comment, do all those good things, hit that notification bell thingy, so you know whenever I upload something, you'll be alerted. If you want coaching manifestation forward slash services you'll see all my current coaching package offerings and I look forward to hearing from you and until next time this is Tarkon. happy manifesting goodbye